Good afternoon, and welcome to the Middle East Forum's webinar and podcast series, Israel Insider, this week with Alex Selsky. I'm Stacey Roman, and I will be hosting this discussion today. We are pleased to have Alex Selsky, a senior advisor to the Middle East Forum's Israel Victory Project, join us this week to update us on all the events going on in Israel. Mr. Selsky will be giving us a briefing on current Israeli affairs for 15 minutes and open it up for questions. Should you wish to ask a question, please use the Q&A box located at the bottom of your screen to type your question. And with that, I will turn the discussion over to Mr. Alex Selsky. Thank you, Stacy. Thank you. <clears throat> Good evening from Jerusalem for everyone. Well, as you definitely might see, we have today a very uh, sad day because uh, in the morning, the first news that we saw is a very, very tragic terror attack in Jerusalem next to its uh, big religious neighborhood, Ramot. And uh, 19 people were injured and one 16-year-old boy was eventually dead. Uh, let his memory be blessed. Hashem Yekom Damo, Ari Shupak. And we understand that this terror attack was, uh, you know, of the kind that we remember from 90s planned um, a bomb that was uh, put and operated from, from far. So it's a very, you know, very uh, bad picture for us. And it came into the intense negotiations for forming the government, which until yesterday was very hard and very intense, but somehow, you know, it, it, it went on and everybody blamed each other. But today after this, terror attack that hurt the hearts of every Israeli, it, the negotiations accelerated and everybody started to speak that we must form a government now because we see that the challenges, the security challenges are so big. Um, and uh, Itamar Ben-Gvir, as he always does, came to the place of the terror attack and spoke about the need of fighting the terror in a new way, in more aggressive way, meaning, as he calls it, uh, to uh, the terror has to pay the price, uh, meaning that to stop, uh, you know, the the good conditions of the terrorists and Israeli prisons, and meaning that we have to go back to uh, assassinations of the leadership, that we have to punish the. Uh, Palestinian Authority, which uh, continues with the uh, incitement and incitement within its um, uh, educational system. So uh, definitely the issue of security, you know, raised up and we all saw today that everybody is speaking about the very, very fast need to form the government. But yet again, what we saw today primarily... Uh, blame trade between Likud and uh, the uh, Datit, the Zionist uh, religious party headed by Smotrich. And the blame trade only strengthened. And Likud said that Smotrich thinks only about the, you know, the positions and not about the essence. And definitely Smotrich said exactly the same about Likud. Uh, but we do see that, you know, 
slowly but surely things come into place. We see already that apparently Shas and Arya Derry got uh, their somehow you know final position. And what we see from the publications, even though we cannot believe, I think definitely majority of all the publications that we see about the negotiations because we never know what is true and what is leverage and what is pressure within these negotiations but we do see that he apparently is back from his demand to take the finance minister and goes back to his uh, traditional ministry that he uh, headed for many years uh, the internal affairs but he will be given also the minister of religion which he really wants and now again we see all the time you know small small demands that uh, uh, that don't come to resolution but again i think that every moment every moment we can hear that the government is is for because we must understand uh, at the end of the day no one of them nobody of the players within the, the this Netanyahu and his partners coalition doesn't have a, another choice it's either this coalition or going to uh, to new elections because even though Netanyahu in all his previous governments uh, definitely before 19 uh, 2019 used to uh, to take into his coalition somebody from the center left uh, it was uh, Gantz in only last year um, and before that it was I remind you that in 15 he had uh, uh, before 15 he had Livni and Lapid and before that he had Avudai and Barak within his uh, coalition of uh, 2009 so he, he definitely can do that but I, I, I don't see and I think that nobody can see in this upcoming coalition this opportunity because this time he really spoke about going with his only right-wing bloc uh, and he has enough to form the government and you know on one hand we see that all of them support Netanyahu and support his demands and support his goals but on the other hand you know it's it's sometimes even more difficult to form a government and to govern with your closest allies because even though you you have a consensus on the you know on the policies uh, maybe not full consensus but you know you're definitely closer on the palace policies with with your right wing and ultra orthodox partners than the right left but on the other hand remember that they compete on the same voters on the same target audience so they must within these governments all the time to prove that each one has to prove that it's his uh, success in order to next time take the um, take the votes now for Netanyahu I don't think that again we don't know but many speak about the fact that this is maybe his last uh, term of a prime minister if this coalition will uh, serve uh, you know will will survive three or four years so he uh, maybe for him it's like the last time so he has to 
uh, reach all his goals. But for all the others, definitely for Smotrich and for Benvir, this is the opportunity to take maximum they can. They were in opposition for almost two years. They came to maybe the peak, okay? And many say that they came to their peak, to their maximum power because of the frustration and the disappointment from the previous government. So they must take maximum power and they must deliver this time. So, and they will not do it without Netanyahu. And I don't think, and I think they understand that going to another elections, they will they will not take the same result because they will be definitely blamed. So everybody understands that that's that's the coalition they might close and they go into into the closure. So I think we we will soon see the government. Now, what are the prices? And this is the very important question. What are the prices and what we can expect from this government at at this moment? What we see. And I think that this week can teach us a few things. First of all, I think it shows that even though this coalition is so, uh, um, uh, you know, has, uh, he's homogeneous and has a consensus, but we see that the fights are very big and the fights not only personal, but fights on the essence, on the policy. So even though we, we, we think today that 64 seats in coalition is wide coalition but no first of all it's 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 not so wide and i want to remind you that in the end of four, 2014 Netanyahu fired his justice minister Sipilivni and his finance minister Yair Lapid because he claimed that he cannot govern when they have such a pressure from each side and uh, she had on the six then and Lapid had 19 and for Netanyahu, it was a big partner that, that was pressing him. And their coalition was then 68. So then he thought that 68 is hard to govern and control. So what about the 64 when everybody pushes on you? Now, everybody also understands the, part, the, the, the coalition partners understand that Netanyahu needs them. And... And, and they, again, and they pressure at maximum and they know that he can be pressed and ultra-Orthodox who are very hungry. And they were in, you know, as we say in Hebrew, you know, the opposition des desert. They came back very, very angry and very hungry and they want to take it all back what was taken from them by Lieberman and Lapid. So the pressure is very big and the hunger is very big and Netanyahu will give them because he understands that the stability that he needs so much depends on them and not on his party so he apparently will hurt much of the hunger within Likud which will create internal opposition within Likud and we already hear every hour or two we hear briefings from within Likud that people are so disappointed by him that he gives out everything to the partners and leaves nothing to Likud uh, members. And more than that, I want to remind you that in the beginning of the negotiations, Netanyahu spoke about giving the uh, foreign affairs ministry to Ron Dermer, who you definitely know well. Now, it shows two things, I think, about what 
thought Netanyahu plans. First, I think it can teach us that the policy is not less important for him at this term than the politics. Because he takes someone who he really trusts in policy toward the United States, even though he understands that this nomination uh, will hurt, really hurt the Likud ministers because they will feel that he doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't count them. And even though, and, and, and now if he will not give it to Ron Dermer, so he will, I think, hurt twice. You know, he didn't achieve what he wanted and he hurt the people uh, by, by the very consideration of this nomination. But I think, again, that the, the, even thinking about Ron Dermer shows how important United States will be for him, how important Iran will be for him, how he will concentrate on maybe a, even helping the next Republicans a, a, who will run on behalf of Republican Party definitely to Trump, even though I'm not sure what are their relations today, a, and how for him this will be a very major a, front. Um, what else uh, I think is also important is uh, what we can see uh, about the agenda and about what we can expect. We see the majority of the fight, majority of uh, of, of the briefings and the fight uh, between the members on the finance ministry. Now, everybody understands, maybe until this morning, that the major thing that hurts Israelis today is the economy, the inflation, the prices. Tel Aviv is the uh, you know the uh, most expensive city on earth at the moment, to large extent because of of the very stable uh, status of the shekel. But anyway, Israelis pay more and more every day, and the economy is what hurts. Definitely, you know, security is here to stay. And sometimes we think that security, we don't feel it, but this terror attack definitely reminded us that security is here to stay and that Palestinians are here to stay and that the Palestinian issue will not disappear and that Israel must defeat the Palestinians. And we definitely see people within this coalition and government that understand that the policy should be different. And we really hope that Netanyahu, as he did to every hope that he had in the last 10 years, Bogi Ayalon and then Lieberman and then Bennett and he neutralized he uh, neutralized each one of them so uh, I think we 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 will definitely see pressure from the right from Benver and Smotrich on Netanyahu but I don't know if Netanyahu will be able to really change policies and we know that because we saw the previous times of uh, you know of people who, who pressed him from the right, but were neutralized very easily by him. Um, I think that I'm close to 15 minutes. Stacy, tell me if I have more time or we'll just pass to questions, please. Well, if you have more to add, we can certainly take, take a few more minutes towards that. Um, well, maybe another, a very important and very major point that we must see on 
uh, on the political map today, and and we see that definitely from the negotiations, is the how central is the issue of religion and state, and we see how big is the fight, for example, on the uh, Ministry of Religious Affairs between Shas and uh, Smotrich. Now, this is a very important issue, and it becomes more and more important issue in uh, in the Israeli society. I think I'll try to really make it brief. I think that the new divider, the new division, the major division between right and left is not a security issue. I think that security issue overall has reached some broad consensus. I think majority of Israelis today and definitely political leaders, even in the center and center left, even agree on overall that we must fight Iran, that we must, you know, uh, not uh, promote the uh, Palestinian state and fight the terror. Definitely people will, will argue on how to do that, but the major division within the, uh, the society is the Jewish character of the state, the Jewish identity of the state, the Allahic issues and one of the major uh, you know yesterday topics that were in uh, in the news from the negotiations something I think just just few years ago it was it, it was so minor but Smotrich wanted to demand demand that the that the division between the the gender division in religious um, uh, events will not be considered as illegal. Because today in many places when religious, let's say a singer, religious singer, or, or, or a group of religious Orthodox women wants to have a separated event, a municipality may say that it's not illegal and they must open it. Even though they, this is a small group and nobody will come to this event except those women. So what he wanted is that this kind of event will not be considered as illegal. All the discourse, not all, but definitely the majority of the discourse yesterday in the media was that, you know, Iran is here and Israel becomes Iran and, and we all are now under um, orthodox uh, halachic uh, pressure uh, and you know secular people will not be able to live in Israel now this is not definitely the intention in other situation but the issue between the secular and the religious and definitely the ultra orthodox is so uh, you know so hot so dividing so it, it, it hurts people on the both sides so much and the demographics are you know, demographics go with the ultra-Orthodox and we see in every field of life, in culture, in TV, that people are more and more and more and more traditional, um, more and more religious. And we see, you know, more and more left-wing, very liberal singers who start uh, wearing kippahs and sing to religious crowds and go to the Judean Samaria and to ultra-Orthodox crowds, and they say, you know, like Aviv Geffen, who was a symbol 
of you know liberal Tel Aviv anti IDF anti uh, territories anti uh, right wing and he a few months ago had a concert with with ultra orthodox star singer Avram Fried in religious uh, one of the major religious settlements in uh, Judea and Samaria, Bet El, next to Ramallah, with a kippah on his head, saying, I'm sorry, I, you know, it was my mistake many years ago to, 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 to hurt your feelings, I have changed. So these issues are very, very central today, and we will see a huge fight over these issues, I think, much more than the Palestinians even, but the security will not leave us and security will remind itself as we saw just this morning every time and everybody who thinks that, you know, we live our life and Palestinians don't exist anymore, uh, he will be very, very painfully uh, reminded about the, uh, about the reality, unfortunately, as today. All right, thank you so much. So on that point, Eric asks, when a remote controlled bomb goes off, how can Israel stop the bombs or capture the terrorists who exploded the bombs? Uh, will there be any sort of military operations uh, in response to this? It's a very, very good question. First of all, Israel launched few small operations already in Judea and Samaria. I just remind you that a few months ago, we had a new terror group within Nablus, Shechem, uh, very aggressive uh, with the kind of uh, tactics of Islamic Jihad 10 years ago in, in Israel with few very, very precise operations just uh, uh, killed two of the leaders and then one of them uh, was, uh, you know, was captured by Israelis. So just demolished the whole unit within within a few weeks. Uh, we see Israel operations very precise in Jenin, but people do ask, uh, as exactly as uh, as you, if there is no you know time for a new big operation like defensive shield, which we remember that Sharon launched in we, by the way, Israel Victory Project had a whole conference in May. Uh, marking 20 years to defensive shield and asking ourselves if this is not time for another defensive shield to and what was then in the defensive shield operation that had this victory over terror for almost a generation but now there is another generation that doesn't remember already the defensive shield you know those guys who are today 19 and 20 and they're already leaders of the of these militants, they don't remember that. So definitely, I think that the operation will be on the table, definitely with Ben Gvir and Smotrich coming into the, the government, I'm sure. But again, I don't know, you know, we saw so many hawks coming with so much energy into the government and, and you know, many words within the election campaigns don't necessarily mean much after, and we already saw that. So, unfortunately, I'm more cautious and 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 not pessimistic, but definitely uh, we have to see because Netanyahu again knows how to how to neutralize those hoax. So, let's see, let's see. Definitely, I think it will be on the table. 
Thank you. Robert Slater asked, how strained do you think the Netanyahu-Biden relation will be, especially regarding uh, Iran and uh, the Abraham Accords? You know, I personally believe uh, that personal relations are not so central in international relations and in uh, relations between countries. I think that after all, you know, leaders know how to play friendship when they need it and how to play rivalry when they need it. After all, it's all about interests, primarily internal interests. Um, I think that we definitely can see, you know, as we speak, Israeli chief of staff is now visiting Washington and uh, apparently planning or coordinating um, attempts, plans, I don't know, about Iran. Uh, otherwise, why Israeli chief of staff, while being in Washington, says that we reach the critical point of Iran to be uh, ready to develop the nuclear bomb. So I think that after all, you know, we all speak about you know bad relationships and and um, Democrats, uh, you know, the not liking Netanyahu. I think that. After all, if the interests will be really so close, they will definitely uh, work together. Um, the um, the midterm elections are over. Uh, Biden, for good and for bad, has now stable situation uh, for at least a year. This year will be very, very crucial. So I think they will work by the interests, you know. And again, I think that that, but again, I'm sure that Netanyahu sees, you know, looking forward for the elections for the presidency already. And uh, yes, waiting. I mean, he doesn't hide this <laughs> waiting for Republicans. Again, I'm not so sure if he is waiting so much for Trump. Um, so, you know, Haley and DeSantis are very, very close friends of, uh, of uh, Israel. DeSantis was, I want to remind you, a co-chair of the Israel Victory Congressional Caucus, the first one. So we, we Israel Victory Project and Middle East Forum, definitely know how DeSantis is good and close. But Haley, I don't think that I have to bring any proofs. So they will work when it's about interest and they will fight when it's about interests. And, you know, I also believe that much of the political fights are theatrical and for, you know, for, for the very fight. And, you know, I saw many times within Israeli politics while being advisor of Netanyahu, how he was fighting, you know, in front of the cameras, somebody and shouting at him and then sitting and sipping some uh, you know, coffee and wine in the cafeteria in the Knesset just 10 minutes after. And it was, it was without words, coordinated fight because it served each one of them. Absolutely, thank you. An anonymous attendee asked, does the quality and knowledge of individuals influence the choice of their selection for ministerial posts or is the coalition building done strictly by political consideration? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I would like to tell you that, uh, you know, that the personal ability is the one that leads. But unfortunately, I think that in this 
um, structure in this regime of uh, parliamental democracy. After all, uh, you know, Netanyahu needs his partner to be stable and to be loyal. So if the leader is providing the stability, but will be a bad uh, minister, so Netanyahu catches, you know, reaches two, uh, two objectives. He also gets the loyalty and he also uh, hurts the rival political rival because i remind you that at the elections the, the the hardest rival is the closest partner because after all you, you know you cannot bring you cannot take voter if you're right wing from somebody who is very very different from you from left you can take a voter from somebody who is very close to you so the closest partners in the ideological uh, the closest ideological partner he's the biggest political rival so yes if uh, you know if uh, uh, you know they say that you know i want to remind you that Arya Derry sat in the jail for what for corruption and now we speak about nominating him to minister of finance he will not be apparently also because of the opinion of the legal advisor to the government who said that it's not possible. I think they can fight it, but apparently they don't go for it. But I think that for Netanyahu to give him the finance minister is a perfect trick. You know, he, Derry will be satisfied and loyal and uh, everybody will shout on Derry. So the next time he will go down. That's Netanyahu. All right. Well, thank you so much. We've come to the close of our webinar and podcast. Alex, thank you so much for taking time to update us this week. Thank you. And let's hope that tomorrow we'll have a stable government that will bring policies and bring Israel victory. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, for, of course, for our viewers and listeners, we will not be having a webinar on Friday. For those of you in the States, I wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. Thank you all for joining us, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks.